So I'm going to start this podcast a little differently. I'm going to give my general take right off the bat. Uh, the research has went a little further than I expected, and there's a lot more volatility in college than I realized even, more than just transferring and stuff. It's all the coaching changes and just the culture and the programs and how they're all, I mean, even these small schools are battling for a good program. You know, there were, I know that they always were, but I mean, they really, it's interesting what's going on. There's a lot going on out there and I'm learning a lot. So it's all taking a little more than I thought. So I'm going to start these out with just kind of giving a general viewpoint in the two teams real quick for those who would just want to hear that and then moving into the more of the details. And in this game, I'll just say uh, that we have Houston and uh, Louisiana. Louisiana is six and six. Houston is... Uh, what are they, seven and five? And you sort of ask the question there again, should they be playing in a bowl in the playoffs? I've got my opinions on that. I'm a purist. I think you have to earn the playoffs, except I know these bowls are fun and they're great for the teams and the fans. So I'm not sure, but I, I, don't, I don't like seeing seven and five versus six and six. Houston lost people to graduation. So did Louisiana. Louisiana also lost their head coach. Knew they weren't going to be so great. I figured six and six is about right, maybe seven and five. Houston, I thought would be a little better, maybe nine and three more ish towards that area, or eight and four. Um, they had a lot of injuries uh, on defense, especially, and they kind of imploded on defense. Their offense has been great. Uh, they lost players like Louisiana, but they did have their quarterback. They're great. Their starting quarterback who had a really good year, and they have a really good receiver, and those guys were coming back. So they had a real good offense with Dana Holgerson. And so, honestly, their they're, they're schedule also. I mean, we saw this with uh, South Alabama and 10-2, and two, but a pretty weak schedule. I don't know that Louisiana's was that weak, but it's not that great either. Houston's was tough, and they lost a lot of tough games. So there seems to be a lot of fanfare out there saying Holgerson's losing control of the program. He needs to go. I think Holgerson's just such a... <laughs> He's a dramatic guy. I mean, he's a he kind of creates all this stir and drama with people. Uh, I don't think he does it on purpose. It's just his nature, I think, and uh, it, it's just crazy. And he has his ways of doing things, and he's not making any bones about it. And it's okay. I, he's proven himself. He's a good coach at the least. So, and he's a heck of a, a an offensive guy, an offensive uh, mind. And I th I think he goes a long way in innovating. He really brought in the the power spread combining it with the air raid. Not that he calls it that, but he added the, the power game more to the air raid. Uh, and, and, and with some help from the Bryles guy, Bryles and his, and all this, whatever. But Holgerson's really cool. And I'm actually excited to see some of this game. I want to see um, what he's up to now with his offensive stuff. But anyways, Houston's a better team. They had the tougher schedule. Uh, they even have the better record with the tougher schedule. Um, people are some. I've seen people things out there where people are calling for Louisiana to win. I guess they could. I think Desormo is going to be a decent coach there. I'm not sure what his pool is going to be on the recruiting, but it might be okay. I don't know if it's going to be good enough for what the administration would want, because even these small schools they want the they want you getting some name guys, some transfers now, you know, and and stuff and, and in there. And so I don't. We'll see. But I like Desormo. And, uh, but I'm cool with Hol Holgerson too. And, you know, a lot of this whole thing that his po program's imploding, dude, that was injuries on defense and they lost some people on defense and his defenses go up and down. I, I want to see how much tempo he's running, how much he's banging out the tempo that always hurts the defense, you know, too, and the stats. I mean, so anyways, bottom line is I think Houston has this, I think it's a solid win. Um, 
I will also take a look and see if I have any signs that this program is imploding. I mean, it sort of did get haywire with Major Applewhite. And so we'll get into details about that now. But that that would be my take. Is I think Houston's a pretty solid pick in this. Um, seven, I don't know. I give the points to Louisiana. I think Louisiana's not bad, you know. I, I don't like their schedule again. It reminds me of South Alabama. We just saw them get whooped. So I'll, I'll actually do Houston and, and with, you know, and, and, and covering the spread. Uh, might not be much more than seven. I think that spread's a pretty good line. It might be 10 or something like that. Now, let's get into these details because, I mean, first of all, we'll go to the drama side, you know. Uh, yeah. The Houston's been full of drama. They have a great program. You, you go back to Art Bryles in the 2000s. I was just talking about Art Bryles in my last podcast. In the 2000s, you have Art Bryles. Before that, you had some good stuff. You go back to the run-and-shoot guy, uh, Josh Jenkins. You can go back before that. You can go all the way back to Bryles' mentor, Bill Yeoman, who started the Veer uh, option stuff in the 60s. Houston has a great program, really, overall. Um, you had some uh, situation of late... Uh, I mean, Sumlin was great, moved on to Texas A&M. And that Holgerson was actually his coordinator a couple of years. Levine, ah, didn't quite cut it, but that was only a couple of years. And then you brought in Tom Herman, fresh off a national championship with Ohio State. Big name, good offensive mind, rock and roll. Great, right? And they, and they had that quarterback, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, it's eluding me at the moment. But he went to the Eagles and played receiver. Ward, uh, Greg Ward. So anyway. Really great team, but he moves on to Texas. Major Applewhite, with his offensive coordinator, takes over. I actually think Applewhite, I, I don't know what to do, think about Applewhite. He's, ironically, the offensive coordinator at South Alabama right now, which I was just talking about. And by the way, I don't mean to put them down about their schedule. It was a weak schedule, but but I, I think they're on the up and up. I mean, they're coming up. I, 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 I like what they're doing there. I said that in my podcast. It, it's just they weren't a 10-2 and two team. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, yeah, but Major Applewhite to me is funny because he's off, offensive coordinator for um, Kane Womack. And I'm a little like, shouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> I, I would think he'd be a head coach again. And I, I just wonder, does he want to be head coach again? Uh, it's interesting. But I think he'll have a pull on the recruiting there for sure. But he didn't have so much a pull with the recruiting in Houston. And I think, you know, it wasn't just about that. It, it was stuff. He was losing his team at the end of his stay. He had two winning records. And they weren't great. It was, what, 7-5 and five and 8-4? and four. I mean, he he started off, what, 6-1 and one or something that second year. And then, it, then the bottom fell out. And then they didn't even show up in the bowl. And that's... The administration just knocked it out. They said, that's it, you're done, and brought in Dana Holgerson. And then Holgerson had some struggles right away. He actually went 4-8. and eight. So they were upset about Major Applewhite, but Holgerson went 4-8 and eight in 2019. But again, he didn't like the way that program was being built, going back to, to Herman. And again, Herman never had a head coaching job. Applewhite never did either. They were doing it a, way, a certain way. Holgerson likes to have veterans, a veteran team. He likes the red shirt, use the red shirts. And he did the most strange thing. They went, they started off one and three. Um, and, and a lot of it was the defense it was just, they couldn't get the, the defense uh, right that first year. They, they lost a lot of people. I mean, uh, after Applewhite and Holgerson ended up red shirting. Uh, he ended up red shirting 
guys in, in the quarterback, who King, who was a really good quarterback, and he redshirted him right away, and and that was just bizarre. It caused a lot of stir. And uh, what was what's that? Let me see this here. Yeah, in 2019, yeah, not not many people back on defense. They we had they haven't had really really good defense. They did last year finally, but until that, the last time with with Orlando with Her- Herman back in 2017, but then they finally turned it around last year. I like the defensive coordinator Holgerson had, actually. Joe Cawthon, he's interesting, but it wasn't working. He's done it well before, but it wasn't working here, and he went to Buffalo, it didn't work there, and now he's at McNeese State or somewhere. So I don't know what's going on with him, uh, but Holgerson up... uh, um, promoted Doug Belk, who was a young guy, who was with him at West Virginia. And and there he was learning that 3-3 stuff those guys all do there, Rich Rodriguez guys and, and, and Todd Graham and them. So he's doing some of that 3-3 uh, there. But Doug Belk goes back to Bama. I'm going to bring this up a lot. It's a lot of guys go back to Saban, it seems like. And he so he knows from the Tucker, Jeremy Pruitt, the Saban stuff, uh, Mel Tucker, all that stuff. And and then he had the Tony Gibson three three with uh, West Virginia. Then he was a little bit under Cawthon, and then he got promoted, and and then it exploded. They had a great year last year, but this year it went the other way. They've had injuries and whatever. Last year they had some defensive backs that were fantastic. The cornerback tandem, uh, Damian Williams and uh, Guy Jones, um, what's his name, Marcus Jones, and they had some. Uh, some guys on the line and they graduated they had a good linebacker they lost and graduated but they still had guys coming back this year uh a couple guys uh d'anthony jones on the line and uh their linebacker and, and a couple good safeties but then they had some injuries on top of it and it seems like the just the bottom fell out their offense has been great with clayton toon at quarterback uh, not the running game as much, but Clayton runs a lot anyway as, as, as a quarterback. And Tank Dell as a receiver and a couple other guys. The offensive line, um, uh, it, it was shaky coming in. They weren't sure, but it's done okay. It's hung in there, and it's done pretty well. So it's okay, pretty good offensive line. But you know, this isn't like the team Holgerson had last year. Uh, the quarterback and that receiver make it go, and that's why. But other than that, um, and then the defense bottomed out. I mean, as good as those defensive backs were last year, they were great. They gave up, what, 70 points to SMU in a crazy day. Crazy. That was a crazy game. In fact, Houston and SMU were going back and forth. And then tuned through like three interceptions. Uh, that changed the, 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 the at the end. And then that's what happened. And SMU took off. Um, I, you know, as far as when, you know, so back to the whole thing. I don't want to get all into Applewhite. No, these are other guys. Applewhite, the jury's still out. You know, Herman had rough time with the culture stuff in Texas. But anybody could. Uh, so I think the jury's out on these guys. I, I mean, I know Herman did great at Houston, but I, that was a two-year stay, and he was a big name, and he got some guys, and he also had a great. He is a good offensive mind. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with Herman Applewhite. But Holgerson has proven he can be a good coach, and he always struggles a bit on defense because he's an offensive guy. It's okay, but um, I, I know this year, honestly, guys, they had he, they had a rough schedule. Uh, UTSA in their with a conference championship team, and they won. They beat UTSA by by two points to start the year. Lost to Texas Tech by three. Then they got whooped by Kansas. I think they just kind of have a letdown there from that. Then they beat what Rice by seven. They beat lost to Tulane by three. Beat Memphis by one. 
beat Navy. The Navy, they handled pretty well, easy. And then South Florida. So that thank God for those two games. And they kind of got on a roll, three in a row. Then they lost that SM, but they were getting banged up, and they lost that SMU game, 77 to 63. And then they won by a touchdown over Temple. That was a pretty tough, I saw some of that actually, and it was pretty rough. Again, their defensive backs were beat up. They looked bad, but the, but Toon kept them going on offense. And then they whooped up on East Carolina. I'm not sure what happened to East Carolina. I don't think they were that bad. It was 42-3. I don't know what something, that has, that's crazy because that, their defense isn't that good. And they proved it the next week, losing to Tulsa 37-30. to But in a, that was a close game. So, I mean, these were tough, some tough teams. I mean, you, you, some good teams, the two big 12 teams, UTSA, Rice isn't bad. We saw that yesterday. Um, uh, some of that Navy's not is that bad, honestly. Um, SMU is not bad. Temple's not as bad as you think. And I thought East Carolina would be a little bit. So this was not that easy of a scale. So anyway, that's the deal with uh, Houston. Here they are, and uh, you know. But I will be on. I'll be interested in Holgerson's offense today. I want to see how that how his scheme how he's working it. I don't know how many guys are playing. I know that. They pretty much have everybody in this game that's not been injured all year. Um, oh no, Derek Parrish is out now, but he's been out. He's one of the guys. They just, I just, he's one of the guys that's been injured all year. One of the guys. Um, no, other than that, they've got their guys. Louisiana, on their other hand, they had a quarterback, but they lost their quarterback. So Billy Napier, Louisiana was pretty good. They had Hudspeth here before Billy Napier, and he was doing well, and then he lost control a bit of the program, and then they got rid of him. But he had done really well with the program for a while. Billy Napier came in and just cleaned up. I mean, what did he go, like uh, 12-1? and one. What was his records? Uh, let, me, let me get that for you. Because that, I mean, literally, I want to I wanna shoot off these, these records that he did. 13-1. Um, Last year, ten and one and twenty, eleven and three and nineteen. That's incredible. So when you had Hutzpith, twenty twelve, nine and four, twenty thirteen, nine and four, twenty fourteen, nine and four. That's really good for Louisiana, right? But wow, Napier cleaned up. He had a couple really top guys. Like he had a defensive end, Chance. What's that guy's name? Chauncey Mack or something. I forget the guy's name, but he he didn't make it. He went. He tried out for the Green Bay Packers and didn't make it. But anyway, he had some really good names in there that worked out. Levi Lewis was his was his quarterback. He's moved on. Chris Smith came back. Their top running back had 900 yards last year, but he got in, he was having injury issues this year, so that didn't help. Their offensive line was a big question mark this year, and like Houston's, they lost a lot of guys on that. Um, they had their best receiver who had a really big year, Michael Jefferson, but he's opting out. And I love it. Louisiana, a guy is opting out for the NFL. Yep, he's preparing for the NFL draft. Can you imagine? And their other guy on defense, Andre Jones, was maybe their best player. He's opting out for the NFL, too. So they're losing their best players on offense and defense. So I think Chris Smith is playing, as far as I know, uh, running back. And um, But they started with a guy named Chandler Fields, the quarterback. He's a more daring kind of guy, but he makes mistakes. DeSormo didn't like that. Ended up, and he's not maybe quite as good a pass, passer as the guy Ben Woolbridge. He came in, had some good games, good consistency, and they were able to win a few games. But overall, I, I mean, we can look at their schedule, and it isn't. Um, it's what are they two and one? Then they were then they lost three in a row, two and four. Then they won two in a row. Yeah, it, it, and then they lost two, and then they won one. Blah 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 blah. And then they end up six and six. It was just up and down. Oh yeah, which is what I would have expected. But I thought that Woolbridge was doing a pretty good job. And then he got hurt. 
And he's out for the year. So Fields is back in. Fields is the more dynamic guy, so we'll see what happens. But I don't like it that Michael Jefferson's not playing. The rest of the receivers didn't catch that many passes. I'm still not sure how great the line is. Um, defense was solid against weaker, weaker competition, but now Andre Jones isn't going to be there. Um, they, even though they lost a couple of good defensive backs last year, they still had a really good guys coming back. Eric Garrer, their safety uh, tandem of... I don't know how to say this guy's name, Betta Cheshalu <laughs> and Trahan. So these guys are really good, and uh, they're defensive back. And uh, a, a guy that played this year, Trey Amos. Amos. Um, they've done a good job on defense. Um, they're running the stuff of, really, Andrew Tony, who's a – let me get this guy here. Uh, or Patrick Tony. I'm sorry. He went – he's a defensive coordinator. He went with Billy Napier, um, Billy Napier. But he's a Ron Roberts guy and Pete Golding. And Pete Golding's the guy under Saban right now. That goes back to the Jolie Dunn stuff. Like I keep saying, Ron Roberts, Dave Aranda. Yes, Aranda just fired him, like I said yesterday. But it doesn't matter. He, he, he's a great guy to have as a mentor. So Patrick Tony going to be aggressive, going to mix it up. And the guy that's coordinating there now is straight from that. You know, they, he, they kept that staff. So this guy... Uh, Lamar Morgan was under him. Tim Ledger was under the offensive coordinator who also went with Napier, Rob Sells. But at the end of the day, it was Napier's stuff. Napier, Rob Sells too is a, is a, or is a Saban guy. But Napier has got kind of that too. But Napier goes back further. His, his dad was a coach. And Napier was with, um, uh, he was at Furman with uh, the, the famous guy, Bobby Johnson. And there's so much old school in his background. Bobby Johnson alone has got so much old school in his background. He goes back to Robert Nealon, for God's sake, believe it or not. So in the end of the day, there's a lot of background there. And then, uh, and then when um, Napier graduated and he first got into coaching, he got under Tommy Bowden at Clemson. And then so, you know, Bowden had Rich Rod. So there was already spread stuff coming in. He had Rich Rod not at that time, but before that. And there was Rob Spence came in at one point. He's a run-and-shoot guy. And then when the firing took place and Dabo Sweeney took over, uh, that's when Napier hooked up with Saban. And then he came back to Saban later when Sarkeesian was there. So, and then he was also under Todd Graham for a time, and that's to spread too. So, you know, Napier to me is a real PS pro guy. You know, like what you're going to talk about, like Sarkeesian. Now, he's not going to be as creative and dynamic. Almost no one is like Sarkeesian. And Sarkeesian does it in subtle, subtle, subtle ways. But, but Napier's, you know, he has a good idea of how to run an offense. He likes it a little more on the power side, but definitely will spread it out. Um, and I think DeSormo's taken from that. DeSormo was his quarterback coach, tight end coach, I should say, and then part, a, a co-offensive coordinator. So Napier took his guy, Sells, took Tony, but the same guy that we got all the guys there. The rest of the guys are there. That's what they're doing. And like I said, I think, uh, you know, they're, 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 we'll see where they go. It's all going to be about what? The, trans, the transfer portal, the recruiting, how's DeSormo going to do with all that? The program itself, the culture, what kind of culture he's running. I just have a feeling, though, about him. I, I think he's going to be good for this team, but I just don't know how good the recruiting will be, how good the talent is that he'll bring in. But, so, here they are, and this is what it is now. So they lose their best players in offense and defense. I just don't see how they're going to be Houston. So, if there's really a big problem with Holgerson's team, you know, uh, well, we'll see it today, you know, and I'll, and then, and then I'm wrong, but I don't think, I, I don't know of anything, you know, I can't, I can't go based on that. I'm going to go, Hey, look, their defense is down. They had issues this year. Their offense is very good. 
they should win this game. Uh, and it is in, where are we at here? Oh, 23 degrees because we're getting crazy weather right now. And uh, yeah, in Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana. So kind of, it's a home game for Louisiana. So that's going to help. That's going to help. Houston's not that far away, but with the, the travel issues right now, I'm thinking Louisiana got as a major home field effect. So maybe this will, you know, but even with that, I'm still going with Houston. Maybe Louisiana, you give them some points. I don't know. So maybe it will be a little closer than I think. We'll see. But I'm real curious. I want to see what this culture is that the Sormo's creating. And we'll see if there's any issues with Holgerson. I want to see what he's doing with his offense, how he's evolving that. note i didn't really make mention of the weather and certainly i'm realizing as i watch these college games the college kids do get affected a little more than the pros do which makes sense so the pros with all the equipment they have now and i don't know if it's that or their experience or both they don't seem to be that affected by the cold unless it's messing up the the surface and they're slipping everywhere but a lot of the surfaces now have heating underneath so if they have heating element, it, it's okay. But but some of them still don't in the NFL. But in the but in the college, you can see there's an effect on catching the ball, running, just a lot of things. So that you know, obviously, I still say rain and wind are worse. Not a, a, it, more mostly wind. Wind's definitely the worst effect in trying to throw a football, or or punt it, or you know, move the football through the air. Obviously, but the cold will have an effect. Now I didn't mention it because. I have trust in Dana Holgerson as a power guy, too. No one thinks of him that way. And sure, he's from the air raid background. His old air raid buddies, you know, to be honest with you, Hell Mummy actually liked to have the balance of the run. And he had two running backs when he started doing this. So did BYU, where they got it from, basically. And they also used to run and shoot, though. And the funny thing is, I think that's where Mike Leach went towards run and shoot. One running back three or four receivers you know four receive. i feel like leach was more two and three receivers uh in that kind of deal or you know but i feel like leach went into the one and the four receivers which is more run and shoot ish and and but it wasn't even just that the, the philosophy was move the ball through the air not like bill Walsh, not just to start you know on first down but then you'll run on set no every down we're passing it Bill Walsh made famous the idea that you could pass first, then set up the run, which is a huge shift in philosophy. But Mike Leach, I love because he just took it a step further. I mean, it makes me laugh because it's like, no, nah, we'll just pass every down. And it's beautiful because uh, on the, it's all about, you know, it's not about being crazy and nuts. You know, I don't think that was even ever my, I, I mean, I would rather talk to people that knew him about, you know, and talk like I knew him. I didn't know him. But my guess from afar is that um, he, he just didn't, he, he would think the way he wanted to think, period. And he had no problem thinking out of the box. And he wanted that. He encouraged it, being creative. But not necessarily just being a whack-a-mole just for the sake of it, you know, just to say. So, I mean, I, I just believe he thought, look, you can, uh, he was in the technique, and training and getting his players to play well and win football games. I mean, it wasn't just about all oh, my con. Look at my concepts, air raid, woohoo! You know, it was more like, you know, you. It was a philosophy, but it was the idea of simplicity too, which is genius. Which is like the triple option you see that people do. It's all they do. 
and that's all they practice. And there's a hand, a, a core, a handful of things they practice. So the, the air raid's basically the flex bone of uh, of the past, basically. In my mind, I've always thought of it like that, and I think it's just fantastic. So, but it doesn't leave any room for running. It's sort of like what I was doing in my podcast, talking about how the flex bone struggles with moving in the past. Where do you get the balance? So, a guy like Tony Franklin, I thought, who was. It really goes Hell Mummy, then Mike Leach. Those were the two guys, the partners in crime. And then underneath them was Franklin. And then you started having a lot of other guys. And one of those other guys quickly coming up was a Holgerson. He was under Mummy. And then he was under Leach. And then he was with that group that Leach started in his first uh, in 2000. Anyways, and, and he, I think, went towards that about, like, we have to have the power side. And he was adding the runs in, like, with Franklin doing that and then when he had some of the art briles ideas when he went to houston with sumlin was the idea of like real power out of the spread and he started doing diamond back sets and everything it was awesome and so i just feel like you know they have a slew of running backs uh they lost their guy from last year but uh or did they no yeah he was injured this year mccaskill he was the the one that they were really looking forward so again just a lot of injuries for houston but um henry was back little guy uh and they had a couple uh sneed a young guy richard freshman and uh there was one other guy that i thought and i'm not oh campbell yeah brandon campbell uh transfer anyway so and where'd he come from uh well oh usc that's right okay anyway but and then they had injuries with all this but i do think they have a slew of running backs clayton toon can run the quarterback, they'll do some reverses. So there'll be ways to, to move that ball without moving it through the air if it's a struggle. But if it's not a lot of wind and it was in the daytime, it's in the daytime too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I didn't have to even mention it, but I'm glad I just did a little add on about Holgerson. And um, and I think, yeah, and of course, uh, DeSormo in, in, in Louisiana is more towards the power side of power spread a little bit. Uh, definitely Napier's towards that side. So you would think that would have a little advantage in the cold, but I'm telling you, I think Holgerson can manage that. Uh, I do. But it, it could keep the scoring lower, that's for sure. And that would, might maybe work to Louisiana's favor a little bit. And the and if it's a home crowd, I don't know if it's really going to be a full home crowd. Those things could help. Um, and it depends on how good a strong DeSormo's um, culture is, because I know Napier did a really good job with that. Uh, is, is DeSormo continuing it? And I have a feeling he is. I haven't checked into him this year. So again, I, I'm going to see that. So if all that goes well, yeah, they could win this, you know, win this game. It's just, again, I, I just think, I'm telling you, you, you play a schedule that's like three times as good as someone else's schedule, three times as tough. I just think there's something to that coming into the game. And if you don't have a, a lot of guys missing, if anything, Louisiana has a guy missing, their receiver and their, line, and their lineman, linebacker. So if you don't have, you know, I just go with that. 